If we become reliant on one stream of income, this is where things can get a little bit nerve-wracking. You've tuned into the Art of Money and Communication podcast. This is the place where you can come on Wednesdays to explore the world, the exciting world of personal finance and communication. This week, we're talking a little bit about pay, how much you get paid, what happens if you want to be paid a little bit more salary negotiation, and whether that's possible for you, whether it's important. How would you make sure that you're always striving towards career growth and a good work-life balance? So I've thrown a lot of information out there. Let's see if we can cover a little bit of that topic. Now, this week's episode was provoked by a discussion that I had with a colleague. And I shocked myself because as much as I talk in this podcast about the importance of being open with your finances... I found myself not feeling the same way when the situation presented itself in reality. So a colleague was was chatting to me and we were talking about various musicians and and pay and et cetera, et cetera. And then it came to what we were doing at that time, that particular contract. And I started to think, well, I didn't really want to present that information voluntarily, but the conversation kept coming round to this. And I, I thought in my head, if, if I'm interested in this personal financing, if my message is to be transparent, then why not just be transparent? And so I did that. And the result was fascinating. So my colleague was being paid more than I was. And I've had a few experience, a few experiences of this. Whenever I've talked to colleagues about pay, my inner emotions, let's say, or inner feeling is prodded and poked. It's very provoking. And it's not very pleasant at all because you, you don't feel as valued. So lesson number one for myself is that pay matters to me. And I'm going to be keeping this in mind going into the future. A common practice for artists is when you're thinking about accepting a job or about to accept a job, you, you talk about the three big priorities. The experience, that's your colleagues, the place, that it, the city that it's in, how that will be. You've got the role, so by learning a particular role whilst it might not be the best opera house in the world or not your favourite role, it could come up in the future. So it could be a wise investment to learn that role for future opportunities. And then there's the money. And the general rule is that it's rare to to get all three in one go. So you'll often get a fantastic role with great colleagues, but the pay isn't very good. Or vice versa, you might get a fantastic Opera that you that you love and you've been paid really, really well, but the colleagues aren't very nice or there's a really horrible conductor. So to get that straight flush is quite rare. But this just goes to show me that I certainly put a lot of value on the, the amount that I've paid and I frame it it's very of high importance for myself. When I receive an offer if I receive that offer without the financial offer, 
which happened recently to me. I thought, this sounds like a really exciting project. I'm so excited to go to this place, to meet those people, to do this thing. And then they say what the pay is, and I go, oh, oh, right, okay. This is a different this is a different thing in my mind. And that goes to show that pay matters. Conversation with the colleague was very important because I learnt a thing or two. The colleague is slightly younger than I am, has less experience because he's younger, although he's a very fine colleague, doesn't have an agent negotiating this particular contract. So lucky for him, he's getting paid a little bit more. And for myself, the agent negotiated my fee and he takes 12.5% of my fee whereas my colleague gets the whole amount and a little bit a little bit more too. So that felt a little bit frustrating, didn't it? You you've got someone negotiating for you, but they're negotiating a lower fee than someone that's doing relatively the same amount of work. Can you compare relationships if someone has a long-standing relationship and they know that you're a good worker and you're reliable and you're going to show up and do a great job versus someone that's completely new. So there are many different factors that go into how people pay you. Across the board, however, I've found in my industry a big reluctance to talk about money and a fear of negotiation. And I still fall into this trap myself. Because of the nature of the industry, and I think this is a very defining factor, there are limited amount of opportunities. And when there's a limited amount of opportunities, your negotiating tactics, therefore, are never as strong because there's always someone that's willing to do the work for a smaller fee and do it perhaps not as well, but close as. So you're always going to struggle in industries like that. And, and therefore, when speaking to other artists or anyone in general... It's a great idea to have many strings to your bow, whether that's within the same industry or outside. Side hustles, extra incomes, and this can take the pressure off. If we become reliant on one stream of income, this is where things can get a little bit nerve-wracking. You sense that anxiousness in, in people. And I've witnessed it many times in my career because there is only one way of making money and come rain or shine you're going to get up there and you've got to do it i learned this lesson during the pandemic all of my income was wiped out because all of my eggs were in one basket and i can genuinely say now that i have multiple streams of income that that pressure is taken away now of course my income from my side hustle ventures are side hustles. They're not full hustles. So it's not going to overtake my, my mainstream of income, and nor it should either. However, this feeds then into the way that we negotiate. If we take person A that just does one thing and the job market changes and they, they start to panic then and they have to negotiate another contract, then they're going to negotiate out of panic and stress. Whereas if you take person two that has numerous streams of income, they're in the, the negotiation and they say, mm, it's not really worth my time. I'll take a step back and I'll just see if anything else comes back. 
And the reality is, is that can serve you very well for the long term in a career. Because also, from a character standpoint, people sense desperation. And desperation is not an attractive quality for employers. They will sense it and just go, well, actually, this this other candidate looks like he knows what he's doing. He's got life sorted out. She's in this role. She's got this training. Yeah, let's give her the job. It It's important. So consider how this can affect you in your current position. If you're someone like myself, let's say you're your work love language is how people pay you, then you're going to want to think about the the industry that you're in. And there are certain industries that do this very well. Banking, we know, is is a classic one. The, the banker's bonus. So if that's why so many people go to finance because they know they can they can get paid, and that's important to them. And I always admired people that that do that they they have a goal they know what they want to achieve and they 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 head for it so it's a funny old experience meeting this colleague and sharing this this information and it's not the first time that it's happened i had another occasion where i spoke to a colleague who told me that he was being paid over double my show fee and that really started to bother me because (laughs) we were we were doing almost the same amount on stage However, this again was a lesson for me, the way that I presented myself, the way that I was seen within the industry wasn't equal to this this gentleman. And, and therefore, why should I be paid the same amount of him when perhaps he's more famous or he's, he, he'd be likely to sell more tickets or he'd be more interesting for people to see or he's worked with more conductors? Who knows? It's... A very complicated issue. Having someone negotiate on your behalf is a common trick for musicians and creatives in in general. So you you distance yourself away from the negotiating process. But in this circumstance, this most recent circumstance, not the one where the guy was getting paid double, it's disappointing to know that you're paying someone 12.5% when in fact I was told by said colleague, that this was just the amount that the the theatre offered him and there was no negotiation. They said, would would you accept this? And he said, yes, I would accept this. Whereas for my role, there were much lower quotes was put forward. There was a negotiation and it came up. And we're talking about marginal sums here. It's, It's a very, very small amount. But why does that... Why does that stay in my mind? That's because it's important to me. I I get a sense of satisfaction from people that value my contribution by paying me a fee that is, is fair. And that fee allows me to not be put under pressure in life. It allows me to pay my bills, my rent, etc. Move towards financial investment financial independence and investing, etc. etc. So the question of pay is a sensitive one. And it's it's an emotional question as well. That's what I realized in that moment. I didn't want to tell this guy what my pay was because that is revealing how the employer values my contribution. The coaching conversation 
2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligence strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. And, but I did it, nevertheless. <laughs> and that, that was the important step. Once upon a time, in a world full of podcasts, there was a small but mighty show that dared to stand out from the crowd. This show was hosted by a man who poured his heart and soul into every episode, striving to provide his listeners with the very best content. But despite his passion and dedication, the podcast struggled to gain traction in a sea of competitors. No matter how hard he tried, he couldn't quite break through the noise. One day he stumbled upon the startling realisation that there were huge broadcasting corporations out there with millions of pounds to spend on marketing. Suddenly his one-man show felt incredibly small and insignificant. But the host didn't give up. Turning up week after week, come rain or shine, podcast episodes kept coming. This podcast might not have millions of pounds to spend on marketing, but we do have something even more valuable, and that's the loyal listener. So please... Help us today by spreading the word and leaving a podcast review. Just tap that button. You could do it right now. Thank you for your support. This next part of the podcast was proving a little bit tricky to record, so I took a bit of a break. I made myself a cup of tea. Mm. And uh, revitalizing myself, I'm going to get a crack on. And I've got a Reddit post that's going to help guide my way through. It's called Strategies for Increasing Your Income. I've seen a lot of advice in this subreddit focusing on how to increase one's savings, but that's really only half the picture. Obviously, if you don't save more than you make, you'll never reach financial independence. Having said that, there's a threshold of saving for most people that for any number of reasons they don't want to break. Ugh. Just a few sentences, but there's so much in that already. First of all, it says, obviously, if you don't save more than you make, you'll never reach financial independence. This is a basic one, but in the cost of living crisis, even this basic marker is becoming more and more difficult for people. And that's why actually understanding how to negotiate a salary, how to view yourself, how to go for career growth is becoming more and more important. Secondly, it talks about the glass ceiling. We all have a glass ceiling. I have experienced this more in my side hustle ventures, interestingly, than my opera career. Partly because my opera career, I was trained for many years, I built connections, etc., etc., and it was more of an organic process. The side hustle came from the pandemic, out of nowhere, and I was finding my way, finding my skills, and therefore that process wasn't so clear. So carrying on with the post... It says, after you hit this threshold, the time it takes to become financially independent is entirely dependent on the earnings you bring in. In my mind, there's two clear methods for increasing your earnings. Woohoo, here we go. Number one, making yourself more valuable. And number two, generating a higher return on your investments. We hinted at number two earlier in the podcast. So by having different streams of income, it's going to allow you to walk away from certain opportunities or just have that mindset that you can achieve more things. It's a very comfortable 
thing to have in your life. And I can so understand this concept of financial independence, financial freedom, because it, it gives you that permission to say, I'm quitting, or I'm trying something new, I'm starting a business, or I'm starting a charity, whatever it is. Good point. However, number one, making yourself more valuable. How do you do that? How do you make yourself more valuable? I'm imagining that a lot of people listening to this podcast are already professionals. You've done your training, whatever it is, and you know your worth to some extent. How do you make yourself more valuable? Well, if you've done the training, if I've learned anything from coaching people who are highly skilled and highly professional, I'm talking about PhD candidates, doctors, lawyers, bankers, they have great knowledge when it comes to their expertise, but it's the soft skills of getting that message across that really falls flat on they fall flat on their face. And those two are inherently interlinked. So if you're excellent in your your work as an academic or the, the work that you do on the computer as a software engineer, great. However, if you don't have those soft skills, then maybe you're limiting yourself to the experiences that you can have, the career development, maybe moving to management or starting your own company. I've experienced that in my own life. So by working in a very extroverted profession as an introvert, I started to realize that being being that way wasn't serving me well. I was cutting myself off to certain opportunities. And this internal dialogue still happens from time to time because I am a people pleaser. I'm quite an agreeable person on the whole, and that serves me well in my career occasionally, but there are moments where it doesn't. So, for example, leading up to a new project, I'll do a big hike in social media outreach and make sure that everyone's knowing what I'm, what I'm up to, where I am, what the piece is, etc., etc. But as an artist, you are an individual. You are the person selling the product, and that product is you. And other musicians find that concept very difficult to digest. It's like your head is expanding and your ego is going to the moon. <laughs> However, I don't see it that way. And it was really important for me to understand that I make myself more valuable by understanding what people need to see. Going back to my earlier example of my colleague that was paid way more, he was seen more by people. He was viewed as higher quality because of those concerts that he did, because of those interviews, etc., etc. Every opportunity that you have to speak in front of people, develop, is a chance for you to hone those skills and to get your message across. So making yourself more valuable isn't always about those qualifications. It's also about soft skills. The post continues, I see investing in yourself as really the most valuable thing to do. For starters, there's plenty of great free online courses if you want to learn about programming, graphic design, financial modeling, and learning a new language, etc. Combined with the right initiative, each skill has the potential to greatly increase your primary income. I think this is really a fantastic way of, of thinking about things. And the reality is, if I learned anything from the pandemic, that having different skills in different areas of, of life can be a really fantastic skill. So I know that many musicians and creatives will diversify, but still within the creative arts. And that's where I've loved my newfound side hustle, because it's completely 
different from the arts world has no correlation well there is some correlation but it it taps into the the corporate world of which i'm not in and that is a completely different universe if i've learned anything about running this podcast it's that the core message of the podcast so talking about personal finance sharing those inspiring financial stories is at the heart of what i'm passionate about because i'm passionate about that i stay consistent in my goals however if i give a real example of learning a new language my lovely wife's native language is russian which is a really hard language now i've tried two or three times to start learning russian and i've taken some lessons this year and i started and i didn't quite get along with the teacher as well as i'd hoped and then i got really busy and i looked at my life and i said i I'm starting a new production. I'm running a podcast. I'm running a business. And I have also have to spend time with my family and do all of these other things. Where does Russian, learning Russian, fit into that those priorities? And it was very, very low down on the priority list. And therefore, it, 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 it went. It went. I was just like, I don't prioritize it. Now, I hope that I can find time to prioritize that in the future. And I still do feel guilty about that. But you've got to pick your battles, haven't you? And you, you can't you can't do everything to the highest standard. It continues. I'm going to have a sip of tea, actually. One second. Mm. If your goal is financial independence, back down, you should be keenly concerned with increasing the return on your investments because one day, that's what you'll live on. Most people don't have the ability to generate exit. Excess risk-adjusted returns by trading in the stock market, but I bet many of us could find private investments that generate a reliable higher rate of return, rate of interest, I should say. Whether that's real estate, starting your own business, or decreasing your spending through one-time purchases. Ah, oh, it's a really interesting post, isn't it? Oh, this it's it's so short, but there's so much in it. One final thing about focus when you're speaking to people you can apply this to your working life this week just make sure that all your conversations are not focused too inwardly i was doing a press conference some months ago and i was just looking around in the room and everyone's speaking and it was they were being asked personal questions but the interview became very self-centered focused and it, it's just such a lovely feeling when you identify that there are other people in the room with other experiences. And it's that, that classic line, if you're going to a room of, of highly intelligent people, always be the dumbest person in the room. Listen, take notes, learn from other people, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to help. And if you learn from other people, if you listen, if you take an interest, people like that as a quality. They like it when they're they're listening to what you have to to say and and you're including them into your your answers. Don't let everything become too inwardly focused, and that goes for job interviews as well. If you're going in for the job interview and it's all about you, it's not going to be particularly appealing, is it? So I think I'm going to wrap the episode up there. I've got a couple of hours before I need to head to the theatre for a performance and I've got to edit this and chop it all up so I hope you enjoyed this episode if you want to come on the podcast drop me a line theartofmoneysaving at gmail.com is still my email address it would be a pleasure to hear from you that's it for this week speak to you soon ciao 
The Art of Money and Communication podcast is a Communication 60 production produced by myself, Joshua. Yes, I do all the editing, all the talking, all by myself. If you want to know more about Communication 60, then head to www.communication60.com. Please keep in mind that none of the information in this podcast constitutes as financial advice, and you should seek your own independent financial advice.